Whitaker, co-founder of Digital Green Book. And I am here to bring you Miss Ariane Edwards today. This young lady is a mogul and a pioneer inside of this space. I want to have more conversations that are impactful to our community. And it actually puts people who are doing the work that we want to do in front of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ariana, for being here today. I'm so grateful. Of course. You know, I got to I got to pop up and show up for you. Y'all, I met her at a Fearless Fund event and I was like, I have to get in contact with her. So I'm here. I'm here for all the juicy conversation. <laughs> here for all the juicy. So the coolest thing about you, when I went to Fearless Fund, my eyes were open. Number one, that was one of the best pitch competitions that I went to. But they had an entire exhibition hall of tried and true exhibitors who went through pitch competitions previously their products were working, their websites up and booming, and they were able to showcase their products at the Fearless Fund. So I want to go ahead and show you the website for Vela. Vela, yes, these wonderful shoes that Ariana designed herself. Girl, let's tell them a little bit about the backstory of how you designed this wonderful product. Yes. So, hey, y'all. I am Ariana Edwards, and I'm the founder of Vela. And Vela is short for available because it's about time that we had fashionable shoes available in larger sizes. Yes, ladies, we start at size nine and go all the way up to a size 14. We are out there and we have not been heard. And that's where this brand stems from. We have an emphasis on dress shoes because ladies need shoes that they can wear in the workplace and also after hours. So the collection is definitely expired by being that executive boss woman that you are and having those transitional styles and transitional colors to carry you throughout your entire day. So, yeah. Well, I know this is amazing. And anybody out there, y'all better not hate on me. I got to wear a size 10. Thank you. And I do okay. shop on this website. So if you didn't have the opportunity to go to the Fearless Fund and be able to see samples of her products in person, I will say they are sturdy. They are quality material and they don't hurt your feet. I rarely wear heels because I, my feet get so fatigued after wearing them all day. But these are phenomenal products. How how did that entire process culminate where you're like, I need a supplier to help me get these shoes out to these people? 100%. First of all, it was extremely hard. I think going through the process, um, it just made me realize that, oh, I see exactly why people are not providing these larger shoe sizes. Um, mm. Because a lot of manufacturers, they will add extra tax on um, certain certain uh, shoes, shoe sizes. And um, if you do get a larger shoe size, then you have to get the whole set and start at six. And a thing called size runs is what the, the industry um, says. And also for those who don't know, size runs are like, hey, let me get two size nines and three size tens, X, Y, and Z. So that's how they allocate it. Um, but yeah, I was trying to search so far and wide in the United States to find out that the United States is not really that go-to place for footwear. Um, I wanted to search also overseas in Europe and you know try to go the luxury route. But in terms of just starting up, that's where that minimum viable product comes in. I decided... And I had connects to a manufacturer in Hong Kong specifically who was able to listen to um, my concerns and able to listen to the vision that I had and was able to give me um, an option to manufacture in only larger sizes. So 
it was hard. That process was extremely hard, but I had to leverage my network. And um, that's, that's how I really started. I think that's amazing. I definitely want y'all to check out her website. I pinned it in our interview post below. So please head over there and check out her products. I am certain anyone watching this knows someone who needs these shoes, period. So yeah. I, growing up shopping and looking for heels that were comfortable and cute, Damn. girl. Not existed, and when Payless closed, it was definitely not anyway. But let's touch on this now. You sit in the C suite level, you are the CEO of your company, and we don't want to take those words lightly when it comes to being a founder inside of this space, especially tech, because you do fall inside of the tech space. You have a website, you have e commerce going on. You have a product that you need the support of code to get out to people. When you were going through these accelerators and these different programs, how did you know to apply as a tech platform? Honestly, I didn't know to apply as a tech platform at first. Uh, you know, I mentioned that uh, earlier in my beginning beginning stages, I would do like little entrepreneurship programs, kind of get a feel for what entrepreneur is, you know, the standards, the basics. Um, and then from those programs, I was able to network and like tackle and stick beside a, a couple of good, good mentors. Right. Um, and they definitely were black women and black women in the entrepreneur space. And there was one mentor specifically. I was just mentioning, hey, like I would love to do this, but. I don't see much options for shoe companies. Like I see all this fashion. I see tech. Like how do I even fit into it? I was so frustrated. And she just mentioned to me that you, for your company, you have to really take a step aside and look through the, the nicks and crannies of what your company is. Are you on a website? Yes. Are you, like you said, do you need uh, Wi-Fi assistance for you to even operate? Yes. Um, are there, is there any extra code or anything in the background that you need? I'm like, yes. So why wouldn't you be tech? And I, that just completely changed. I was like, oh, wow. So I stopped looking at my company as the obvious and started looking at other avenues in which I can leverage exactly what I was building. So yeah, a mentor told me that. Thank God for her. Mentorship is so key inside of this space. So a lot of the people that I connect with on LinkedIn are in different tiers of this process. I know angel investors, I know venture capitalists, then I know founders who are like, how do you connect? How, how can I connect the funds? How can I connect to accelerators that can help me get my vision off the ground? What if I'm not a coder? What if I don't know that language? So right before we started the live, we pulled up some different accelerators that you personally went through. And I sort of want to touch on what that experience was like for you and for people who might be doing things similar to you or something outside of the box, what they would need to do to apply to some of these accelerators. So I'm gonna pull some of these back up on the screen. So uh, we talked about Black Ambition. You were able to go through Black Ambition Accelerator. Can you tell me about that experience a little bit? Yes, okay. Um, yeah, Black Ambition, uh, I went through it last year. Um, it's basically a pitch competition slash accelerator. So. Um, they're really keen on, okay, this is not only a funding platform for you, for your business, but this is also a learning and networking platform. So it was like a year, kind of like a yearly program, right? So I would, that was the actually fun fact, that was the first pitch competition 
slash, you know, accelerator program, real, real deal that I applied for. And this is when Bela was in his rough, rough stages. Um, so that should be an encouragement. Rough. <laughs> rough like it, it, what was I really really building um but that should be encouragement to you that you don't always have to be a hundred percent ready you know a hundred percent on it you know just make sure that you have the the baseline but that has been amazing um I've definitely networked with uh Felicia Hatcher and you know we all as founders were on the call and introduced ourselves to Pharrell Pharrell Williams like that's something that you definitely don't get. And most importantly, it was a room full of Black people, a room full of just smart Black people who are hungry to go after any opportunity possible. And that was the, the program that set me up for success. I think it really set the mood. So I, I suggest anyone apply for it. Um, I know the application's closed by now. So if you maybe was a month earlier, then you could have done it. But definitely look out for next year. And then next we can touch on, you also went through Techstars Miami. Touch a little bit on this one for me. Yeah, so I went through uh, Techstars um, Atlanta, but there's a um, program catalyst. There's a catalyst program that they have just for um, underrepresented founders, um, women founders in general. Sometimes they hop uh, around through cities in the Southeast or wherever it may be and which you can apply for. Um, but when you talk about being a underrepresented founder or a woman of color or a, a, man, a man of color, um, the conversations sometimes when it comes to entrepreneurship in those rooms are different. So you talk about Techstars being one of the biggest capital for um, tech. And previously in the past, you know, they're definitely getting better with this. But being that Techstars was that ultimate platform for uh, white founders, right? Right, white male founders. Like you went to Tech Stars. Oh, your clout is all the way up there because it's hard to get into. Um, but I love the fact that they extended that program to founders of color, and we were able to be in those rooms where our where we weren't previously. You know, just to to be quite frank with you. Um, so I learned so much about the nitty gritty of business. You know, talking about. Um, cap, you know, cap tables and what it means to fundraise and which areas in the United States would my business be best to fundraise in, you know, and it may not be the city that I'm in right now. Right. So all of those things were very helpful to get a lot of industry, like entrepreneurship industry knowledge. So would those definitely. Yes. So what, when you went through your fundraising process, cause that's probably one of the biggest questions that gets asked to me. Um, and with me being a founder as well, I travel quite a bit just to go to some of the different events that I go to. How many different cities would you say in your in the infancy of your company when it was still growing? How many cities did you go to when you were fundraising? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so um, in terms of fundraising, I definitely wanna uh, clarify, um, I haven't raised a round yet, um, but when my fundraising um, definition is basically me doing a lot of pitch competitions and grants. Like, so That's 2020, yeah, yes. right, right. Some people, but you know, some people think, oh, fundraising, okay, I need a, I need a, you know, investor, I need a venture capitalist. And that, when I came in, that's what I thought fundraising was. And I had to kind of retrain myself for that. Um, right. But 
yes, 2020, that's when I founded Vela. 2021, that whole year, I went hard in, fundra- in fundraising from pitch competitions. And uh, as mentioned earlier, I didn't even care. I looked at the qualifications, cool, but I was applying for everything. I did not care. <laughs> you got to that hard. You got to. Literally, I would set a whole Google alert for pitch competitions, Atlanta, pitch competition, Charlotte. Pitch competitions open to black women founders, right? Because I was on it. I was like, I'm going to get this money and I'm going to get it so I can so I can launch my company. Um, and so I went to multiple, multiple cities. You know, uh, you talk about what well, during this time, it was definitely COVID. Um, so majority of the fundraising was online. But of course, when things started lifting up at the later end of 21, 21 I was primarily in the Southeast. So Atlanta, you're Miami. Um your Tampa, uh, which is where I am now, but I'm moving back to Atlanta. Um, your Charlotte's, all of that, um, because primarily my market, specifically for my business, was in that hub. So, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> that was sauce for anyone listening, because I know there's a lot of founders who are only trying to seek capital in their hometowns, or founders who are like, "How am I supposed to be aware of these different opportunities?" You just got the biggest gem of the day. Set a Google alert for different pitch competitions. So as they pop up, you're aware of them in your area and you can start applying. And I truly, there's so many nuances. On Tuesday, I'll be having a conversation with a young lady who's an um, angel investor about getting those initial seed funds. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's this big stigma around, oh, well, this doesn't quite count as trying to get, it all counts. Was it something that you had access to previously, money or knowledge? No. So it counts to me for fundraising. So I think that's so amazing that you were able to accomplish that. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. Let's touch on this third one. So another accelerator you went through was Future Founders Fellowship. Yes. I went through a Future Founders Fellowship, uh, and that's one in which I'm actually going through now. They have, depending on where you are in your entrepreneurship stage, I came in on their uh, Future Founders Startup Bootcamp. So that was like the lower, lower stages in which you're taking your, you know, idea to con. Well, you have your concept. So now you're sharpening your concept. And then you would graduate from that startup bootcamp to go into the fellowship, which is, okay, now we're having a year-long programming focusing on diving into your business and being a resource for you as you're going through that process. Um, but honestly, a lot of young founders, and it's very diverse. Their future founders is based in, in Chicago. So, and I'm, and I'm in the East coast. So, you know, like you said, don't ever limit your location to any opportunity. Don't ever, because sometimes there's an accommodation one and then two, we're living in a, a virtual world still. Um, so yes, um, that fellowship was amazing and, um, it comes out once a year to apply. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of heavy hitters in terms of young, young entrepreneurs, um, that are, that have went to that program and are, are just thriving right now. So. That's so amazing. And frankly, I wasn't even aware of so many different stages in the seeking phase, be it seeking ways to curate your business and like really get your concept all the way together. And then the different levels of funding. I've learned so much in these past 
I would say three to four months about really bringing your idea to life and even having this discussion with you. I'm like, there's a lot of nuance that goes into it. So you touched on your mentor earlier. What were some of the, the formational things that she instilled into you to know along this entrepreneurial journey that you you needed that tip? If you didn't have that tip, <laughs> you probably would have. Yes. Um, yes. I would say she taught me a lot just about the kind of like the nitty gritty in, in terms of entrepreneurship because she worked for a venture capital firm, right? And she she worked alongside a lot of um, you know, underrepresented and also you, you know, your white counterparts, you know. And I definitely keep on saying this, but it is so true. You know, you talk about um, you know, people of color being the being entrepreneurial from day one, but now we're kind of getting that opportunity to get into those rooms. So she had the pleasure of being in those rooms. I would definitely say, oh my gosh, which is something that I, I wanted to, to touch base too, is that you don't have to be 100% ready to enter those rooms. Mm -hmm. So when I was raising funding, I was, I was pitching on a concept. I had no product. I had no idea what the manufacturer was. I had nothing. I was pitching. They were seeing my passion. They were seeing that I was going to make this work. And I had no previous sales or anything. And from that, I was able to raise $70,000 for an idea, for something that didn't, it wasn't even into play. I didn't even have those shoes on the website that y'all saw. And so yeah. she, she relayed to me that you don't have to be 100% ready. You, you don't. But when you have a solid foundation, you have a story and you have some grit behind you, you go after it. And then if you get, you know, if you get through the process, you be successful or you have to do something, then you worried about that then. So that was the best advice that she gave me. Um, the best advice that she gave me to help me throughout my journey. So come on, grit. <laughs> I'm from the South. I know about grits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then the um, fourth one that you mentioned to me, the fourth accelerator was the digital undivided accelerator. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. These, this was also one of the first ones that I did. So this digital, un, uh, un, digital undivided, excuse me, y'all. Um, it was a pre-accelerator. Um, and it's also kind of like a um, startup boot camp as well. I did that right before I did the future founders um, startup boot camp and um uh, fellowship, but this is the one program and they have multiple. So please take that opportunity to check them out. But this is one of the programs in which uh, we took our idea to a concept. So mm -hmm. you're starting to notice that a lot of the programs that I did was one after the other. Understand that your time is precious as an entrepreneur. So when you're applying, don't just keep on applying, applying, applying and not getting what you need to out of the program. You know, so this program was idea to concept. Future Founders was concept to um, sharpening, you know, Black Ambition Prize was, you know, the sharpening to raising, you know. So it was always a building block for me um, to be strategic. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Which, which stage in it would you say you actually launched with a hard product? Oh, um, in terms of the um, when I went through these accelerators, mm -hmm. I launched with a hard product 
on the definitely the Black Ambition Prize um, because that was the one in which I received funding and mentorship, and that was the long like the that was like a year long process. Um, so I launched with Black Ambition Prize. So yeah, how dope is that? Look at this. Yes, I'm proud of you because it's it's so beautiful, and we don't we don't talk about it often enough because it's like we're in an age of political correctness and all that. But I I never really had sensibilities for all that. I know how to code switch. I know how to do all that. But frankly, right. we need to have these conversations, and it's so important for me to see a reflection of myself in successful people. Um, not only do I need to strive to be that example of success, so anyone coming after me gets filled with, I can do this too, but I also need to know that there's not information being gatekept and I can look forward and see individuals like yourself being successful in this space. Because the more of us that are successful, the stronger our economy gets, period. And I mean the black economy. <laughs> I mean, I mean. So one of the last, uh, last few questions that I do have for you is, if you could do this entire process all over again, is there anything that you would not have done? Mm. Would not have done. Oh, man. There's, there's like, there's, there's a number of things that I could say here. Hey, let's um, be real about it. Because there's people who are probably spinning their wheels right now. Like, if I just keep doing this one thing, not realizing maybe. It needs to be. Yeah. Honestly, I wish, oh yeah, honestly wish that I had a little bit more knowledge in who I was taking advice from. Um, if I would have done it all over again, I would have been a little bit more careful with who was feeding into me, not knowing that them, the wrong person feeding into you can delay the whole process in a whole, right? It's like, you know, a lot of people will have some say in your company and some opinion, you know, um, as them being an expert, but sometimes they're not the best person for you. Sometimes they don't get it, you know? And um, when I was starting the first process or the first journey of it, I was just taking advice from anybody, which is okay to a certain point, right? But once you start to know exactly what your company is, definitely being strategic about who I let in on that, and if they have the capabilities to relate and take me to that next level. That's why I always work with women and what tall women and women who have a larger foot because there are just some people and even pitching on these panels full of men, there's some people that don't get it. And if they don't get it, I'm rolling with whoever is getting it and gonna help me get there. So that's one thing that if I had the chance I would take back a couple of those Zoom calls. I would take back a couple of those phone calls and uh, and, and really uh, focus my time on those those individuals who, who relate and who matter. I think that's a word because when you're first really seeking counsel and you're, you're just trying to get information from anywhere, it, you let the relatability factor go out the door. But when you're in a niche market, you, you really do have to be intentful about who you seek counsel from. Um, something else I want to know is how has your very beautiful entrepreneurial journey impacted your relationship with your family? Do you feel like you, there were seasons that you didn't have time with them? Oh, a hundred percent. 
Um, a hundred percent. There were was a number of seasons in um which I had to be away or I didn't have time with them. Um, my mom always calls me that she knew that I was gonna be the child that was just gonna go, go, go. And I, you know, being quite like candid, it wasn't until me going on this entrepreneurship journey in which my grandmother died during that journey that mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, I, I need to spend some time with my family. Like I, it's not enough for me to go hard, go hard and reap the benefits and then miss that time along the way. Um, so yeah, it was hard. It was a reality check, but entrepreneurship is crazy and it's all about balancing. So, <laughs> and I know, especially the time that you launched, that was a pretty rough time for a lot of people. That's the height of the pan pizza. Cause yeah. it don't no love for me. It's the pan pizza. And <laughs> oh, right. I, I, the resources, because we talk about in entrepreneurship, you oftentimes have to put in twice as many hours as you would when you're first launching and getting off the ground than you would at a traditional job. So how yeah. at this point now, do you feel like you've come back into work-life balance? And what advice would you give to people who might be in that infancy stage of really trying to get their dream out there and they feel like I'm putting in 100 hours a week? <laughs> like what advice would you give to them? Honestly, uh, and it's so cliche, but literally keep on progressing and keep on going. I think a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs and, and meanwhile, I was building Vela while I had a full time job. I'm now full time Vela. So thank God, because um, I have some some amazing things happening next year that are that I have zero time for in terms of nine to five life. But um, I feel that a lot of founders who want to start entrepreneurship, kind of don't understand the sacrifice that it takes to get to that next level. And, you know, that sacrifice meaning, well, I have a nine to five, but I want, you know, to open this, you know, salon or this business, but I don't have any time. No, you do. <laughs> you do. It may not be the time that you like, <laughs> but right. I had my schedule looked like me waking up at 5 a.m. from 5 to 9 a.m., then clocking in from nine on my lunch break and then my lunch break comes and then I'm doing little, you know, I'm um, filling myself with knowledge, reading the book. And then after five o'clock from my nine to five, then I go from five to nine. like I was making time count. And it was those times that really made the difference. And I was tired. But Honestly, if you want to get started, there's just a level of mindset that you have to get into. You're going to do this by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. By any means necessary, I'm going to get this done by any means necessary. What, what I put in today may not equal the amount of dollars that I want, but I know where I'm about to take it and I know why I wanted to start this. And when you have that mindset every time, that is going to carry you whenever you feel like quitting or whenever you feel like you don't want to go anymore. So. That's that was like a little, a little preaching moment. I don't know where that came from, um, but <laughs> that it speaks directly because honestly, those things don't really get talked about enough. They they're touched on a little bit, they're glossed on a little bit, but like sister to sister, they that we we're afraid to have those conversations because sometimes people can't fathom the brainchild that I have is beautiful. It's my brain baby, but if mm -hmm. I don't push push and really push it it's not going to manifest we've heard the stats about you know the first five years like over 75 percent of businesses fail and things mm -hmm. like that 
And when I wanted, when I started diving deeper into those sorts of stats, it's not because the idea wasn't good. It was usually either one of three things. It was a lack of funding, a lack of man hours to be able to run the business or a combination of those two things, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that just, what you're describing is a level of grit. You're like, oh, we don't have the hours. We finna make the hours. Right. I don't have the funds. I'm going to apply to every single accelerator I can find until I do have the funds. Like it takes almost a supernatural level of (laughs) supernatural level of love for yourself, your dreams and your future self. So yes, preach girl. (laughs) You got people up here throwing fire emojis at you and saying, yes, yes, yes. yes." So you're speaking directly to people. They feel you. My last question I have for you tonight is what's something that you still want to accomplish within the scope of your business and where do you see yourself next year? Mm. It's so much. It's so many ways I want to take Vela. Um, But my next step, one of the biggest things that I'm working on is launching into retail, right? Um, I think this is something that is very important for my my community you know in terms of the ladies with the larger foot um that we need that representation in store um back you know kind of rewinding back a little bit when i first started vela i was like you know now i'm going to do a marketplace because um they they said the marketplaces was cheaper listen to the wrong people um Mm -hmm. or i'm going to do x y and z but i was like no i need to show them how to do this right i need to create the brand and i'm going to prove a point by getting into retail and seeing it on shelves and having other companies be like, oh, okay, well, I need to step my game up. So that next step for me is launching into retail and I'm doing whatever it takes to get there. I see myself next year, listen, walk by faith, not by sight. I see myself next year being in retail somehow, some way. So I believe that. because, And the funny thing is when I think about the places I shop, I can see you inside of a whole Catherine's. I can see you inside of Ashley Stewart. I can see you in Lane Bryant. They have a shoe section. I'm getting my dress. Let me get me some Vela shoes, honey. Like, There's too many places where we need it. If not that, I can think of different like arts fairs, literally where there's boutique clothing. You know Atlanta has high-end boutiques everywhere. Yes. But, girl, I, I see you easily hitting your goals. And I know you have the grit and the power to do it. Ariana, I'm so honored that you took this time out to speak to me today. And I'm looking forward to reconnecting next year after you're already retail available, honey. Oh, yes. Yes, because now the ladies can finally get the respect that they deserve in retail. And I'm so, so happy that you reached out to me. Um, You are just a ball of energy. I love, 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 love supporting Black women, Black women entrepreneurs. And, you know, if anybody, even on this, you know, this live stream, if you have any questions or need any help, trust me, I can respond. I got you because somebody needed to help me so that I can help you. So I'm super excited. And, you know, this this goal is manifested, so it got to happen now. Uh, but thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. So y'all definitely tune in. If you're not following Ariana, please do. Follow Vela Shoes as well. I've linked her socials on the post down below. And shop for some shoes. I know you know some ladies who need these. So go ahead and head over to the website. Additionally, plug into different accelerators. Set those Google alerts and position yourself to be in front of money and opportunity. And show up. Pull up. 
That's that's what you deserve for yourself and you deserve for your business. So thank you so much, sis. Have a great night. Yes, you too. Thank you, sis.